Welcome to It's a Dog's Life. I'm Ryan Dickerson with Canine Hemp Solutions, and joining me this week is Dr. Lisa Caprio. Doc, if you would, could you give us a little bit of background about yourself? Hi, Brian, and thanks for having me on. I am a physician, and I live in Naples, Florida for the last 25 years, and I've had an interesting evolution in my career in that uh, I was completely Western trained in anesthesia, and I had a fabulous career as an anesthesiologist. But in the last couple years, I think I outgrew that knowledge base, and I started exploring some some other techniques of medicine and healing people, and that led me into acupuncture, alternative medicine, and more holistic approaches to the body. So now I am not practicing as an anesthesiologist, but rather I'm doing some more, I guess you would say, esoteric-type procedures that still involve interventional pain management, but using non-pharmaceutical techniques. So I'm very, very interested in stimulating the body uh, to heal itself. Apart from my professional career, the way you and I met, Brian, is through horses. So that's been a, a lifelong passion of mine. I've always had a horse in my life. I presently have three quarter horses, um, two are which are over 20 and another one under 20. And we ride, we ride on weekends, but we used to compete quite a bit in uh, barrel racing. Uh, I also have two large dogs, uh, German Shepherds, and they are very active. We live on a property that's three acres here in Naples. And, and when I go out with the horses, I take one of my German Shepherds with me and she'll average uh, 13 miles in, in a trail ride with me. That's actually how I started using canine hemp was on my dog. And I guess before we go into that, Doc, why don't you tell, if you can, the people as to how an anesthesiologist gets to the point in time in your career or whatever that you decide, let's look away from the pharmaceutical world and let's look more at natural medicine and natural healing? Well, yeah, that's a really good question. I think anyone who is a physician probably initially goes into the field wanting to help people. And we we get indoctrinated in medical school, and then we go to our training in, in a residency, and then we get out into practice. And we've been taught to practice what we were fed. There's very little room in my industry for free thinking. But I'm a very results-based person, and over the years, I would just observe as an anesthesiologist how many people came into my operating room on a list full of drugs that they take on a regular basis for the regular chronic diseases of high blood pressure, high cholesterol, diabetes, heart disease, thyroid disease. See, the, the main things. These people were taking the same pharmaceuticals. And I've been in it long enough that I would see that the names of the pharmaceuticals would change, but nobody was getting off of them. People were staying on them. And it started to dawn on me that as a whole, the medical industry 
is not helping people get better. They're simply managing disease. Well, I worked in more of an acute setting, but it wasn't um, emergently having surgery, but it was more urgent and elective orthopedic surgeries. And these are patients who were on having chronic disease going into the operating room. They had a lot of problems. And then I would get some patients who weren't on any drugs and they didn't seem to have those problems. So my brain started putting together these correlations that people are just sick and getting sicker on pharmaceuticals. And it seemed that people who were in their 80s and 90s who had never taken a drug in their life were so much healthier and doing so much better under my care in the operating room than somebody who could be half their age on a list of pharmaceuticals. So I started getting very disillusioned by the system. And once I started getting disillusioned by the system, I started um, investigating the system. And to be honest with you, it's it's a lot of propaganda. And doctors are so busy trying to stay as a cog in the wheel that's paying their bills and getting their kids to college and paying the mortgage and their cars that they don't have time they don't have the incentive to even get out of the system because the doctors are built in. They're baked into this system. I, on the other hand, was not a part of the system in that respect. I'm able to um, make choices and decisions that lie outside of the system. And when I started making those choices, it just led to a whole collapse of my desire to to be in the industry anymore. So I got out of the industry. And you got out of the industry, but then you still went and helped people and helped patients just using alternative means, correct? That's correct. Because I still feel that I was came to this planet with certain skills, talents, and desires. And one of those desires is to help people feel better. I took a course in acupuncture at Harvard in 2019 for physicians so I could learn a different approach to systems in the body. So in Western medicine under the Rockefeller Medical School system, we learn uh, system pathology. So we learn uh, what a healthy bodily system is, and then we learn the pathology of it. And then the third part is we learn the pharmacology of how to deal with the pathology. So that's what we learn in medical school in this country. Well, I learned from the Eastern approach to the body, they don't break down the body into systems. They actually view the entire human body as part of a fabric that is also integrated into the environment and there's different layers of a human being. There's not just the physical. So in Western medicine, we learned that there's only a physical body, and then we start to break it down into the subatomic particles of that human. But in the Eastern system, there's actually energetic meridians that you can't sense with the five senses, but yet they still exist. And this is knowledge going back 5,000 plus years 
um, that is accurate because these Chinese and Japanese 5,000 years ago, they were correctly identifying organs before we even had gross anatomy or dissection or anything like that. So these people were very knowledgeable on a spiritual sense. So that is what was lacking in the Western model is the whole integrated view of a human as having a spiritual aspect as well as a physical component intertwined together or integrated. Whereas the Western approach really emphasizes the spiritual and the holistic and, and the mind and energetic component that actually fuels and runs the physical. So it's sort of upside down. And I'm very fortunate that I'm able to take both of those knowledge bases and integrate them together. And I feel like that's a very unique ability to do that. And isn't it true like with Eastern medicine, the the spirituality, the the various senses and what you learn from acupuncture, that that also applies to other mammals like horses and dogs. Absolutely. And and they're they're so great. So horses and dogs don't have extra layer of tissue on their brain that we do. They they operate from a midbrain level where they're they're sensory, right? They don't have behavioral implications on top of pure sensory. So you truly can ascertain if something's working on an animal because they don't have that psychological or behavioral component that's necessarily masking or overlaying a physical problem. Their physical problems are their physical problems, if that makes sense. And I, no, it makes complete sense. And I guess that goes back to when we first started testing our hemp products on the, the dogs and the horses first, it was because you could actually see the results versus having to have a placebo effect and the mental issue. And if you recall, that's when I brought to you the, the pellets the first time for your horses to try on their discomfort issues because they're older horses and to see how they would do with the actual CBDA hemp pellets and how they would react. Yes. And I'm so glad that you did because ever since then, my horses have not had steroid injections or any kind of injections into their joints. And these were horses that were four times a year at minimum getting steroid injections into their joints just so I could trail ride them on weekends. So this was a huge, huge improvement in, in their lifestyle and my lifestyle. And it's really, really what um, got me hooked on your products. And then, of course, I mean, the issue we always have, and I'm assuming this is the same with physicians, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but with the modern Western veterinary medicine, when we're at various conferences for the canine and equine products, the, the conferences are hosted by Merck and basically the big pharma that supports the equine and canine space. And so when we talk to vets, you can easily discern the vet that is about the care treatment versus the vet who is about the money. And what you kind of just said, Doc, where we have examples of horses getting stifle and hawk injections monthly, sometimes even more than that if they're competitive horses. And then when they get onto the hemp product, they're not 
needing any injections at all for their inflammation and discomfort. And you see this backlash from the vets to the actual horse owners because they're asking that they're basically questioning that horse owner that they're not getting these injections and it's not good for the horse. They need to have the injections. But it's that horse owner that's making the decision and saying, no, not only is the horse performing better monetarily, I'm not dishing out 1200 bucks a month for these hawk and stifle injections. Yeah, that's correct. You definitely always have to follow the money. And yeah, there's categories of providers in both human and veterinarian providers that, you know, do things for, for different motivations. And I'm not here to judge anybody to, for what they're doing, but ultimately it has to lie in the pet owner and their philosophy on, on getting to the root cause of what the problems are because I'll tell you veterinary medicine it is just it's the twin sister of of the human industry it's the same big pharmaceutical companies that are putting out the propaganda to the doctors they're putting out the same propaganda to the vets as pet owners I think the onus lies on the pet owner to educate themselves and not just go into the vet's office and because the vet says you need to get this shot, this shot, this shot, you need to go on this, 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 and this, and and you just do it because the vet said so. I, I think that's the ultimate in ignorance. And that's also one of the reasons I had to get out of of the system with human medicine was that people were no longer sovereign over their own health care. They they take the word of a physician over their own intuition of what's wrong with them. Yeah, that, that is a sad state. So focusing on the, the horses and the dogs, can you uh, tell the audience of what you saw as far as the difference between your horses and the dogs when they went over to the, the hemp products that we have and the hemp flavin? Yes. Um, so the horses, as I said before, no longer need to get joint injections. That was huge. I no longer have to give them banamine or Prevacox or any kind of pharmaceutical. So my horses are literally off all pharmaceuticals. I don't deworm my horses. I don't vaccinate my horses. They are purely on alfalfa, crypto arrow feed, and daily hemp. Um, so my horses are are completely uh, organic, and I've had no problems at all. Haven't had a vet visit in over two years. Uh, my dog, who is actually not a senior dog, but she is a, a pretty large German Shepherd. After the first year, she's five, six years old this year. When she was um, about four years old and running those trails with me, I started noticing she couldn't hang in there. After about the eighth mile, she was falling behind. So I stopped taking her. And then um, you gave me your hemp oil for the canine and I started putting it in her food. And I tried it for a month and this dog was literally running around the property like she was a puppy again. And I thought to myself, well, maybe I'll try her out on the trail again. Sure enough, took her out on the trail. She was able to do the full 9, 10, 11 miles without a problem. 
what I would do is I'd give her extra in the morning and extra the next day. And this is what I do now. If I'm going to take a trail ride and I take her, she gets her hemp. I actually don't even have her on a maintenance dose because I find it's for her. She she just needs sort of a spot treatment when she's going to be exerting herself. Yeah, that's what we find out. I mean, the older dogs, it helps them be on maintenance, but with that hemp flavin and how it's 30 times stronger than an inset, if you've got a younger dog and it's just, you're using it here and there when the dog needs it, just like a younger human would versus this older humans, it's very beneficial just to use it that type of purpose. Yes. Yes. So, so yeah, definitely um, I've got all of my animals on it. So if you could, going back to your your knowledge with medicine and the hemp being natural product, what do you see as far as these natural products that are out there, the natural botanicals um, and the benefits of that? Because I mean, in Eastern medicine, they're always using naturally grown um, botanicals and the extraction of those botanicals versus the manufactured synthetic versions we use in the Western world. Right. Um, so I have some experience with that when it comes to humans with production of bioidentical substances versus synthetic, because I do do um, bioidentical hormone replacement for men and women for menopause and andropause. And I wanted to make sure I found a company that was producing these plant-derived hormones in a completely clean procedure and 100% plant-based and botanically based with no synthetic fillers. So I had to do my research on that. I did find a company out of Oklahoma that does that. So that was really, really important to me because how you start with your product is is the, the results that you're going to see. I mean, the same thing is true with organic food, uh, but that's a whole different discussion. So when it came to me being interested in your product and I saw what it was doing, I had to come out to your your plant. And, and I really was very interested in seeing how it came from the ground to the factory to the bottle. And your process was completely clean, organic. And I really do believe that that's what makes the difference between your product and the other, you know, thousand that, that are on the market. You know, you could click on Amazon and get canine hemp or equine hemp or, or human hemp, but who knows? Who knows how it's being produced? I'm not willing to take that chance. Yeah. So you did come out here and you saw us, I mean, on our facility growing our own hemp, uh, extracting that hemp after we harvest it. And then on the same facility, making that final hemp flavin product. So, I mean, that, that separates us without a doubt, but I think there's another thing that needs to be discussed. I think you can do it with your knowledge is the bioavailability of the products out there and the bioavailability of something that is water soluble, like our hemp flavin that kicks in real quickly. And I think you understand and know why versus a product that is oil-based that doesn't have that same bioavailability. That's correct. Yes. So bioavailability um, in a simple term means your body's ability to recognize it as a substance that it produces on its own. So when you take a synthetic 
product and you try to organically, chemically replicate what the biologic version of it is, it's always going to be off. And the body knows it because the, the, the body is so sensitive and so specific for receptors and markers. Um, you know, that's how we run. We, we run ourselves on, on receptors. And when it comes to bioavailability, if you're not using something that the body will recognize in the gut, in the skin, in the mouth, you know, all of those, those routes of administration, if the body can't recognize it, the body's not going to take it and process it the way that it, it needs to be processed for benefit. And so when you're talking about like the pellets that the horses get, that right there is actually the, the hemp that is grown on our property and then milled and made into a pellet. So bioavailability, that is natural as the horse eating the actual grass or alfalfa as itself, correct? That's correct. And it goes through their GI tract, goes to their liver, um, liver recognizes it. That's where the action starts to occur. And then with the flavonoids, since it is it is literally the squeezed plant and it is literally the flavonoids, the, the, the colors, the protectants of the plant from the cells, the negative um, attributes, whether it be the sun, chemicals, pesticides, outside sources, that flavonoid being water soluble, that does the same thing as far as being received by the body, correct? That's correct. Yeah, because what we correct. see what we see so often is and I think you know, Doc, humans were lazy, so we always want the easiest way to take medication and or the easiest way to give medication. And a lot of people and even in the cannabinoid CBD THC world, the tinctures will have olive oil or will have some other type of oil that the cannabinoids are mixed with. But how well does the body break down um, an olive oil that would then have like a cannabinoid mixed in with olive oil? Well, then you get to, you have to ask the question, you know, how how healthy is the person taking this? And I think we sort of have to assume that not everybody is going to have a normal microbiome that that'll be able to process olive oil or process any kind of carrier oil as opposed to water and a flavonoid that literally will start to get absorbed at the surface itself of, of the mucosa. So you don't even have to bypass the gut, second pass, microbiome, anything in the GI tract. That's the beauty of your tincture. Right. And I guess the other thing is you can answer on behalf of the human part, but Everybody knows in the horse world, two most important things for a horse is gut health, hoof health. Um, the dog world, you're always talking about the gut health. Same with humans, correct? That's correct. That's um, correct. And so when when your body is digesting a, a product that is supposed to be healthy for you, it's going to be key as to what your body can actually digest, what it's in the condition to digest, and then how it can absorb that for bioavailability and ultimate use. That's correct. And this is from a study. I'm not going to put you on the spot with this, but studies we've read on bioavailability is a lot of the products that are oil-based, um, the hemp seed oil or the olive oil, 
a body can only num normally use the bioavailability of up to 10% of that milligram, whereas water solubility, you're more at the 96%, and pure plant-based, you're even sometimes above 96%. Yes, that's correct. Well, we've got a few minutes here still to talk, Doc, so I'm going to open the floor to you as to what exciting things you're seeing right now in, in your space, in, in your career, and how you think... I guess being more open-minded with alternative medicine may help people not only with directly related to their dogs, horses, but themselves. Um, I think the thing I'm most excited about is um, after coming off uh, what we went through globally, 2020 and 21, um, I'm really excited to see that so many people are waking up to the fallibility of systems that we thought were infallible. Uh, I'm very excited that people are questioning what they otherwise thought to be true and seeing it as uh, propaganda. Uh, I'm really excited that more and more people are taking personal responsibility for their health and for the health of their pets. I'm really excited that there's more and more doctors who are questioning the system that we were indoctrinated with, and they're actually giving ear to, to modalities outside of pharmaceuticals. That's really exciting when, when leaders in the healthcare field are brave enough and have the courage enough, have the courage to to step out of their circles of acceptance, I think that's when we're going to see the change. And I do think we're seeing that right now. So I'm really excited about the shift that's happening, not in our country only, but globally with um, sovereignty, individual sovereignty. Um, personally, right now, uh, after taking six months off entirely of being a doctor, I, I was able to recenter and really reevaluate what my value system is and then go back in doing things on my terms. So what I'm going to be doing now is stem cell injections with joints, primarily the hip, shoulder, and knee joint, and trying to educate people and actually show them that getting your bones sawed off because you have arthritis is not really the best option. And it doesn't have to be the only option. There are alternatives outside of pharmaceuticals and outside of surgery that can actually facilitate your own body to heal itself. Those exist out there. People just don't know it enough. That's what I'm embarking on right now in Naples. Well, I mean, that sounds very exciting. It goes right to, I think, the the entire space that we're in and why we push for the hemp and grow on the hemp and an all-natural product to help the horses, the animals, and the humans because it's out there, it's available. There's just not billion-dollar budgets of commercials to be able to flood Americans with that knowledge. But without a doubt, your knowledge on alternative medicine and be able to use non-pharmaceutical products to help someone 
translates into that with the, the horses and the dogs. And I just hope everybody um, could take the information that uh, Dr. Caprio provided us on the other alternatives and why those other alternatives work and go to uh, caninehempsolutions.com and see the options that we have out there. The the hemp flavin that is great for the dogs for discomfort, the uh, treats. Uh, again, we make it for the lazy human that they can give the dogs the treats to make it simple for them. The, the powder that we have for the dogs and the pellets we have for the horses, we're finding just absolute great results with all dogs and animals. And I just really want to thank you, Dr. Caprio, for being on the call. Thank you for joining us for this edition of It's a Dog's Life. You can download past episodes of our program by going to CannabisRadio.com or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Um, thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next week. And again, thank you, Dr. Caprio. Thank you. Opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.